Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Each week we do a bit of mum chat and I also do one of my favourite things on the planet and interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. If you're a parent, then you'll know how much of these early months and years is consumed by one word, sleep. How much baby is getting and perhaps more importantly, how much you're getting. I never thought Adrian and I would be those people, but we well and truly are those people. It's something that we've disagreed on, i.e. whether to sleep train buddy or not. And it's something that has really stretched us, i.e. he's woken up at 1am and he's still awake two hours later. I get why it's a multi-million dollar industry and I get why Google is absolutely full of message boards of mums like me and dads, frantic and desperate for help. I read some research last week, which didn't surprise me at all. Now, the research was conducted by um, the baby monitor people, Cubo AI, who I use. They're great. Hashtag not sponsored, just good. They revealed that 77% of new parents feel judged by others based on their baby's ability to sleep through the night. Of parents who reported feeling judged, one in two admitted to telling lies about their child achieving milestones earlier than they actually are. This is really interesting. Those who attended a parents group felt the pressure more than those who didn't, with 85% admitting to lying about their baby's ability to sleep. And how's this? 25% of parents spending up to two hours a day Googling, speaking to friends, reading books, trying to find ways to help their baby sleep better. If I had read this before I was pregnant or before I was a mom, I would have laughed and be like, that will never be me. Fast forward and you guessed it. It's me. So I'm going to have two interviews in today's episode, one with Cubo AI ambassador Christy Griffiths, who you might follow on Instagram at The Sleep Teacher, and the other one is with my two very good friends, Abby and Violet. We all had baby boys around the same time, three very different kids, three very different parenting styles, three very different experiences with our baby sleep. But let's kick things off with The Sleep Teacher, Christy Griffiths. I am currently in Broome. So we are traveling for six months in our caravan, um, Mitch and I, with our three little girls. So doing a little bit of homeschooling, which who would have thought? I'm sure I had enough of that during COVID, but doing it again anyway and have been on the road for three months so far and three to go. Um, I need to ask, what came first, infant sleep expert or mother with child that isn't sleeping? definitely mother with Charlie who was sleeping wasn't sleeping um so yeah I was probably I was just like any other mum really like I I think the first one sort of struck me by well I sort of just felt that I didn't know any difference so I just assumed what she was doing was normal and was just like 
doing what a baby does and until it got to like 10, 11 months in and I was like, wow, this sort of has been going on for some time now. Um, and then when I realised what was happening and did a little bit of research because like it doesn't, you know, like I look at Elkie and I'm like, you're 10, it doesn't seem that, that long ago, but 10 years ago there was honestly like pretty much one book in terms of baby sleep. Wow. Like there was no sleep consultants like that you could really lean on. There was no like, yeah, you couldn't just book a consult. You couldn't buy a sleep guide. It was literally like go to a bookshop and buy a book <laughs> like so um when you know like when I found that information and I sort of implemented it it was a game changer and I literally wanted to just help other friends who were having babies as well I was like this is what I did it was so good and you know it'll change your life and then so when Minka my second came along I was like okay right we've got this from day one we're just going to implement it and yeah it was actually when I was pregnant with Hattie my third that I looked into becoming a sleep consultant and how I could actually officially um, help families. So it was definitely a little bit on the job training for myself before I went in and actually studied. It's interesting to me now that I am a mother, I never thought that it could be something that would take over our life to the point that it does, but it has taken over not just our like time, but even when he is asleep, Adrian and I are talking about his sleep and when he's just, you know, it's the middle of the night and he's just been awake for an hour, I lean over and Adrian is Googling things. And in this research that I've got in front of me that, that Kubo have done, it says that adults will often spend up to two hours each day Googling, speaking to friends or reading books, trying to get their baby to sleep better. This is the thing that surprised me the most about motherhood, Christy. Oh, like you, you need sleep to survive. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. So yeah, totally. When we don't get it, like we obviously, no one's happy, like mom, bub, partner, none of us are happy. So we, we do, like, I think we want to do anything we can to sort of help improve it. So hence the Googling. Do you think there is a lot of bad information out there? Because I mean, a lot of it conflicts and, you know, so much of motherhood is kind of do what feels right for you, but I don't know. It feels to me like there's a lot of not just conflicting advice, but just plain bad advice. Would you say there's bad advice or just the wrong advice for one particular kid? The approach we really take is if something's not a problem for you, then it's not a problem. I just don't believe that someone should tell you what to do. And I think that if something doesn't feel right for you, then, you know, I think the the worst advice out there is telling you what your baby should be doing. Yes, I agree. Because... Your baby, every single baby, and we honestly, we say this as well, like during consults are like, okay, look, there is really no one size fits all. Like adults are different. Some adults are happy with, you know, six hours sleep a night. Some need 12. Like everyone is so different. And I think the thing is too, every family dynamic is different. So don't go off the should, go off like what works for you. Like society these days is so socially media driven as well that yes. we see what other families are doing and other babies our way they're like the same age as our children and whatnot and I think it's sometimes you just have to step back and go you know what okay they do only show the good stuff as well so it's maybe true. like the rock lie research has sort of indicated more, more often than not what they're telling isn't the truth so. <laughs> which makes me feel so much better because I've never been one like I remember I've skipped mother's group because I just didn't want the comparison and I ended up somehow, even though I said, told the maternal health nurse, I don't want to be um, in a mother's group. I ended up in the WhatsApp group of all the ladies. And so I didn't know them. I was just this kind of like lurker, just lurking from the shadows in this WhatsApp group. 
And they were all they would talk about was how many hours their babies were sleeping. And then one lady would say, oh, my baby's you know, sleeping through at kind of three months. And our buddy has never slept through once, like still feeds twice overnight, sometimes three times. And it already got me into that headspace of, well, you know, he he should be doing this because this other person's kid is doing this. And it's the thing that Adrian and I even find us fighting over. Like he's Googled, he's like, but, you know, the internet says that he can sleep through the night at six months but but the thing is too like just because he doesn't that doesn't make you any less of a mother but then sometimes it does make you feel like you're doing something wrong and that's what I really definitely a bugbear of mine like I really don't like that and I I don't know I just think that like I said it's so spoken about it's such a hot topic and sleep consultants as well are becoming such it's becoming such an oversaturated industry like they're everywhere and they're popping up everywhere and I think that's the thing, like people see all the, all this content and they think that, that their baby has to be doing that and, and they don't have to be doing anything. And like, there's no need to change what you're doing, especially if it's working for you. Like we are just here to help mm. make changes if you want them, like not yeah. because you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing what works for you and you'll know when that's not working. And that's mm. when you can go, okay, you know what? Now let's have a look. Let's start Googling. Let's start getting some external resources in. That makes a lot of sense. For me, I think a lot of it also was just letting go of the expectation. Totally. Just surrendering really. Let your baby sleeping through the night. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make, mean your baby's broken. It's just... Like you, you're doing what, what works for you. And like, if, if something doesn't work, then that's when you can look at help and start going, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not really okay with things at the moment, but until that day comes, like, I just think, don't question it. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the notion of if it's working for you, then you don't need to change it. I suppose one problem for me is that I can tend to be a bit of a martyr. Like I don't want to upset buddy. So even if it's not working, I'll push through. Thankfully, Adrian is a little more willing to admit when things are going to crap. It was also nice to hear a professional talk about the fact that comparison and judgment are rife and you've really got to try and block out the noise. Again, easier said than done. Like most things in my parenting journey, I wanted to talk this through with my mum friends. If you follow me on this podcast or you just know me in general, you know that Violet is like my other half. She had her boy Finn a couple months before me and has been my North Star throughout pregnancy and motherhood. Our other friend, Abby, had a son a week or two after I did, little Ollie. Like I said earlier, three very different mamas and three very different approaches. But I hope this chat is a great reminder that different strokes for different folks are okay. So I've got two of my besties. We worked together on a radio show like two years ago when we were just like flirty, fun and what do you call it, Violet? Young flirty, young and free, something like that. None of us were actually free, we all had partners. Well, Abby had a quasi on again, off again boyfriend. We were all like, What's going on there? Fast forward, girls, take me through who you've got at home, child wise, for everyone listening. Violet, who made you a mum? Uh, baby Finn, he's 10 months old and he's just an absolute little legend. He's at home with my mum and dad at the moment, they're watching him. And Abby, tell us about who made you a mama. I have baby Ollie, who is uh, six and a half months old, and he is currently asleep, hopefully. Now, we do need to say that um, Abby's child, uh, not advanced, but ha- got teeth early. I feel like he kind of went hard early. Am I wrong <laughs> in saying that? No, 100%. He had, uh, I think it was eight teeth by the time he was five and a half months old. Oh, my God. Wow. But he has two. 
and it has been harrowing. Like I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine. Was teething bad or did he just cruise through no, it? No, see, I feel really bad. It was, um, we didn't even realise he had his first tooth till we were like, oh, I wonder if he's teething and looked and he was getting his second tooth. So all up we've had, I think, two bad nights where we needed Panadol. Oh! He's a very chill baby. <laughs> Violet knows how different it's been for me because she's my 24-7 helpline of how much painkiller can I give this child? <laughs> Well, I guess that's a perfect introduction to this chat because it proves how different everybody's experiences are and how easy it is to compare. So if we talk about sleep, and first of all, let's just be really honest. So um, I'll start with Buddy. He's now seven and a half months old. He doesn't sleep through the night, still on two feeds, exclusively breastfed up until this week. Was kind of doing well. We did the sleep training thing, nailed it, and then the teething started, and then he stopped sleeping. Although I do have to say, um, humble brag, last night, he must have known we were having this discussion today because he slept from 11 o'clock with his feet until 5.30 in the morning, which like never happens. And I slept through the whole time. Usually I'd just be waking up every hour to like check the monitor or whatever because I'm a psychopath. (laughs) So look, um, that's me being honest. Violet, tell everyone where, where you're at. Finn is a little bit older. Uh, So Finn does sleep through the night unless he's teething, he's very sensitive to pain um, or I've given him something and he has some gas issues and digestion issues. He won't sleep through the night. But mainly Finn's last feed is between 6 and 6.30 and he won't wake up again until 6, 6 6.30. Oh, my God. And what age did he start doing that? So at four months old, we stopped feeding him completely through the night. Um, We used to do a dream feed at 10.30 and we stopped doing that feed and then he just slept through until 6. But then there are phases. We went through phases where he would get up at 4.35 um, but he never really did the middle of the night phase. Like he never woke up middle of the night, only obviously when he was a newborn. Um, but from about four and a half months, unless he is teething or has digestion issues, he is a pretty good sleeper. Okay. And Abby, what what were you like with Ollie? Because you are a bit more free range. So I will start by saying I was obsessed with Ollie's sleep to the point that I paid and did a sleep course with him at three months. Three months is early. Yeah, so that was the earliest that we were able to. And I think it took some convincing. My partner didn't want to do it at all. So it was maybe around three and a half months that we stuck to it. And I remember this because I was doing sleep training and you reached out and you were like, I'm dying. And I said, I didn't want to sleep. I'm like your, your partner. I was like, we can't let him cry. We can't train him. He's just a baby. And Adrian put his foot down because we were spending much like you were just like rocking him on a ball for half an hour, 45 minutes, every time he needed to nap or sleep. Yeah. So I think it was your words, Ash, that convinced Josh to like do the sleep training because I just ended up having a complete breakdown Mm. because he was crying on us for an hour to go to sleep. So I was like, what's the difference? Um, So Ollie sleeps for 12 hours a night. So he goes down between 5.45 and 6.45 and he wakes up at five and I leave him in the cot till six and he'll just sit there and will not sit there, lies there and talks to himself. (laughs) I want to die. I'm so jealous. I want to die. But I will say I was like that. So at 
four and a half months and five months. I've got a friend whose baby's a month older. And um, Ollie used to do three times through the night a feed and then two times and then it was one time. And then one night he just didn't need a feed. So I was like, he can do it. So that's when we did the sleep training and I just stopped feeding him during the night. And then ever since then, the only time he, oh, he sometimes will wake after his first sleep cycle at night but just goes back to sleep. Like it's like he's shocked he's in the dark and yeah. falls back asleep. Um, but the only other time is we had to do a last minute trip to Sydney and he would wake up when we'd go into the room because we were sleeping in the same room as him. You also moved him out quite early, didn't you, of your room? Yeah, I moved him out of our room at three, seven weeks. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> See, this is my problem, I think. And Violet is my, like I said, my go-to. And she's really good because often I know I'm being silly and I know that every part of you wants to be like, Ash, like stop reading so much information from professionals and just do what's best for you. But you're very good, Violet, and I thank you for that because I only moved him out of his room this week at seven and a half months and I still feel it's too early. And, I, and it was only because Adrian forced me to and in a moment of COVID-induced weakness I agreed and then had a nap and then pretty much woke up and he like disassembled my office and moved the baby. So, Abby, let's be honest, professional advice is – you should keep the baby in your room until six months. So how did you have the guts, just because I never could have, to read that from fucking World Health Organization or whatever and go, no, actually what's going to work best for us is to not do that? So I asked a friend when she did it and she did it at seven weeks as well. So that was a big drive for me. But I also still sleep. I've got a lollipop monitor. So I still sleep with the monitor on next to my head. There's no difference for me if he was crying right next to me or if he was crying the room over, I still heard it. Yeah, it didn't. But yeah, Josh wasn't very keen. So I also had to convince him. I am Josh. And Violet, how much did life change for you when you moved Finney out of, your, out of the room? Yeah, Finney made lots of noises. So I couldn't sleep and we'd have the white noise on. So I moved him at about four and a half months. The first two weeks when you move a child, you're going through that now, Ash, you're constantly looking, you're on the camera, you're making sure they're breathing, you're yeah. constantly. But after those two weeks, like, Abby, I don't even look at the lollipop anymore. I'm just, oh, I'm just... I look every night to see if he's breathing. <laughs> well, do you know what I just bought because he's in his own room? I'm crazy. I got a new monitor, the new monitor from the Cubo AI, which I love, and I bought the sensor pad that goes under the mattress that tells me if he's breathing so that I will stop looking at the screen because I know that because I'm always like zooming in on the thing to see if it's moving. (laughs) The biggest zoom in I can do, I'm like, okay, there's movement. So I figured this will at least alert me if there's no and I can stop looking at the monitor (laughs) but will you though probably not but hey last night he did six and a half hours which is unheard of for us and I actually stayed asleep for that whole six and a half hours like usually I would be waking up every hour or so to kind of like check but I was maybe I was just so exhausted so I think you're right. It just takes a bit. It just takes doing it like ripping the band-aid off and but I'm such a sucker for following advice and rules and like to my Too own much detriment. Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find it very hard to I feel like if something goes wrong, then I'll be to blame because I didn't follow the rules. But I my life sucks because of 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just with Ash following rules, I think that's been instilled in you since you were young. You've always followed the rules. You're such a good girl, you know. So I think you think if you don't follow the rules in your head, you think, oh, if I don't follow the rules, something bad's going to happen or I'm going to get in trouble. But yeah, but look what happened. I'm the one that got COVID. My baby got COVID and I'm not sleeping. So, <laughs> I mean, none of you guys have got COVID and you're all sleeping through the night. You know, I was the one who was like, don't touch the baby. Get vaccinated the second I'm allowed to. Breastfeed him so he gets all the antibodies. Don't leave the house. Like... I'm the loser in all this. I did like Ollie got COVID. We all got COVID. I'm such a stickler for the rules that we have on our fridge his sleep schedule that gets reprinted every month so that everybody knows if anyone's looking after him what his wake <laughs> windows are. Like it's hardcore. Did you ever think before you had kids and you are a, you're both producers, you're both very organized by nature. Did we'll start with you, Abby? Did you think that you were gonna be the kind of organized mum as like obsessive about sleep that you are were you surprised I definitely didn't think I was I remember one of my best friends has a kid and she'd be like two hours late because her baby was sleeping and I would be like just wake the baby up like you're two hours late for this social event we're all waiting for you to have lunch like what are you doing and now that's me. <laughs> so true. <laughs> what about you Violet? Um, I always knew I was going to be obsessed with Finn's sleep because I looked into how baby sleep before I even had Finn so you know and you know I I got the snoo I had everything I when Finn was a newborn I was so obsessed with his sleeping like it it came became consuming like I bought you know two I had a book I had two you had every every sleep schedule every sleep training man you owned it all look I didn't have to do any research you were just like, do this, do that. I got this one. That doesn't work. That's shit. Yeah. And you know what? I'm so thankful I did all that. Now I follow it loosely. Like, you know, mm. if, you know, this morning my mum called me at 8 o'clock and she's like, Finn just slept for an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, can you me that he's going to ruin it? I would set fire to the house. But yeah, then I thought, who cares? Like, it just means you'll go to bed early. Like, he's fun. He's happy. He's laughing. He doesn't know. What about the comparison trap? Because I don't. I opted out of mother's group because I knew that I would, I have a competitive streak and I didn't want to allow myself to be in an environment where I would be comparing too much because Instagram's enough. And also like, you know, all of us, I think, had this weird thing where there's a lot of our friends had babies at the same, all of a sudden, maybe it was COVID, I don't know, but I had like five people, including you guys, that had babies at the same time. So that was enough of a gauge for me to check in with people. But I still find that there are certain moments where I'm like, mm, that baby's standing up and he's only a week older than Buddy. What's wrong with Buddy? The sleeping and this, you know, this research that I sent through to you says that, you know, 40% of parents actually end up lying about their children hitting milestones. So Abby, start with you. Do you find that you get stuck in that mentality or have you been able to kind of dissociate? Because we know, you know, like consciously it's bullshit 
but it's very hard to avoid it. I think I'm the same as you. I'm very competitive and I get to the point where I have to delete Instagram because I, I can't take it. Mm. And my friend that's got the baby that's like exactly a month older, her baby just seems to be this dream child. And I constantly compare Ollie to her because it's just such a good baby. Mm. Um, and he's always a lot further behind. Like I can remember her baby was sitting up straight, like dead straight sitting up. I swear at like three and a half months and I'd be like, okay, Ollie will do that. He didn't do that till maybe five months. Yeah, totally. Especially when you know that your baby is healthy and fine and yet you're putting these expectations on this like tiny little thing who doesn't know any better and he's trying his best. And you know it's bad, but you're like, do you think it's your own ego? Like, do you take it? Because I take it personally. I'm like, well, obviously. It's like this attachment of mine. It's like, well, he's not doing this, so I'm not whatever, which is, you know, it's not conscious, but if I scratch beneath the surface, it's more to do with me than Buddy. Yeah, I think I take it as like you're a, and I probably shouldn't, but you take it as you're a bad parent if they're not hitting the milestones because it's like, am I not doing the right stretches? Have I gotten the right, mm. like, haven't I got the right toys for him? Have I missed a step? Should I be doing this? Like, I am really bad at it. I compare bad and, yeah, I, I'm like, all right, well, we're going to practice rolling. Like, I think I started practice rolling with him as soon as it, like I could and I was showing him how to roll. <laughs> and then... <laughs> He still didn't roll for so long and then I was just like, I just got to chill and let him do his own thing. But, yeah. yeah, I definitely take it as more as a bad parent. Like I haven't done something that everybody else seems to be doing. Yeah. I'm interested to hear your response to this, Violet, because I know that you are very much like everyone else can F off as a general attitude towards life, do my own thing, but you're also very – target based and want the you are a very dedicated mother when it comes to Finney's development yeah um just with the comparisons I think because I am a little bit further in front of you girls but definitely when Finn was a newborn I definitely compared him you know Mm. and you know with the lying about the sleep and stuff I I would lie when Finn yeah yeah, I used to pretend that he would sleep more than he did (laughs) And then for your own good. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I think we're fine. I think now you almost feel bad saying when your kid sleeps mm. through the night. So yeah. you lie about that too. Because I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and him. And he's just such a little legend. And he's so yeah. he's so happy. Um that I try not to worry so much. I just think in when they're two or when they're three, no one's gonna know if Finn didn't stand up before. Ollie or if you know or Finn didn't say hello and Buddy said hello at six months at the end of the day who cares like when they're Mm. two we're not going to sit back and go what what age did your son walk or what age did (laughs) your son wave or what age did your baby say hello no one cares like everyone's just like are they happy are they healthy are they laughing are they running around in the park like I think once you tell yourself in a year's time when they're like you know Finn standing and when he's going to be walking you're not going to know the difference between Finn Buddy or Ollie when they're at the park when they're two you will have no idea if Ollie didn't roll at three months I don't know about you guys but I think I was so work oriented right and I was so career focused and I was successful and I loved my work. And then when work stopped, I feel like, and it must happen with so many women, I don't know if it happened with either of you, but maybe I replaced the work achievement with like buddy. 
So it's like I, I need some sort of gratification, like gratification in my life or some sort of achievement in my life. So maybe, and you know, like, especially now that I'm like very much ready to go back to work and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I transferred a bit of that kind of obsession or achievement onto him. Does that ring true for either of you? I remember saying to one of my friends that I'm treating motherhood like a job. Mm. Like I was like, I'm treating it like a job. I'm going to read what I've got to read so that I'm like nailing every single thing. And I still, yeah, I still try to treat it like a job, like I want to be the very best, but it's like totally out of our control. Harder than any radio job <laughs> I've ever had with on <laughs> Yeah. I learned very early on that is completely out of my control, how, mm, you know, how yeah. Finn is. So, um, yeah, I just, I ha- I've had no control of Finn's day, yeah. you know. Because he was, he's the best kid, but early on there was so much like he wasn't sick. He was unsettled and yeah. he had colic and you had to change formulas and, and there was so much mm. that you, I think you were forced to really just kind of let go very early yeah. because the control was not working. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. The control wasn't working. So there was just no point because I you get in your head and you get so upset about it. Like, yeah. you know, yesterday Finn's going through this phase where he just wants to sleep on me just to get to sleep. I don't know what's going on, but I'm like, cool, I'm going to enjoy this because he's such a big boy now. Like I lay him on my body and <laughs> his legs are touching my knee and I'm like, how are you so calm? <laughs> so if you were going to go, not that like, not that we're ever going to be able to do this again and not that if anyone had told us we would do anything differently, but if you could go back and tell, let's say you've just come out of hospital, it's a weekend, you're home and you've been home for a week with Bubba, what would you tell yourself to make the next six, seven, 11 months easier? I probably would have um, looked into sleep more, like so that I'd been prepared for it because I think I was so unprepared for it. Like one day, um, Ollie must have been like, he would have been under a month old and he was awake for five hours. And I remember telling a friend, yeah, he just doesn't want to sleep. He was awake for five hours. And she turned around and said, oh, my gosh, I could never imagine my child being awake for that long. Was he okay? And then that's where I was like, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And he wasn't crying. He wasn't unsettled. He just... Yeah. But now I look back and I think the baby was awake for five hours. Like he doesn't even do that <laughs> now. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, I would have told myself to um, just be more prepared for the sleep. But also, I have learned to be flexible because I'm so like, no, his wake window is an hour and a half. We're not gonna like make it here. Whereas now I've got to be flexible. Like, well, he can sleep in the pram. Mm. But yeah, I would have looked more into sleep. Uh, I think for me, and I think I say this a lot, is just block out the noise because everyone's got an opinion. Everyone thinks you should do things a certain way. You know, social media tells you you should do things a certain way. And I just think you do what works for you and your family. I should have done that. I should have done more of what's working for me as opposed to what I'm supposed to do, even if it's not working. Like I just convinced myself that six wakes up, six wake ups a night is okay and fine because and I got and I ended up being fine with it because it was my life right like and I love that advice well if it's working for you then it's okay and if it's not working for you that's when you need to intervene but I would have pushed the boundaries of it's working for me so far in order to convince myself that 
I was doing the right thing and the baby was okay and I would kill myself for it. And if that meant getting the boob out every hour overnight, I'd do that because that's a mother's job. Because if it wasn't for Adrian, he would probably be in my room till he was two and I would <laughs> have tried to, and I would have pushed through the bleeding nipples to breastfeed yeah. him. I called the maternal health nurse for the first time this week and she, like, when I told her what I was doing, she was like, okay, so, right, okay, still feeding on, okay, right, and he's not, he's only, I, probably some more solids and, yeah, maybe formula is okay and oh, maybe you need to look at some things to maybe get him sleeping through the night and I was like, this bitch. And then afterwards I was like, yeah, okay, and now, you know, you do a couple of things and the world doesn't fall apart if yeah. you and I do. Sh- I needed to say thank you, Violet, for not telling me I'm an idiot because I didn't realize you must have been swallowing your <laughs> tongue so often. You know what? If friends are there for that, you know, sometimes I would try and go, mm, no, you know, I would swallow my, you know, I'd stop a bit, but I would yeah. always tell you if that's what's working for you. When do you know when I'm saying mm. if that's what's working for you? I do. But it wasn't working, <laughs> and I thought it was working. I thought that was an acceptable way to be. Because like, you're so sleep deprived no. and you want it to be. That's what you want to tell yourself, that it's right because you're exhausted, yeah. you're broken, and you think this is my only But he's made it a bit. <laughs> and you still look at him, he's so happy, he's so healthy. He, he's, yeah. I mean, he's probably a little bit overfed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's a perfect time to okay. wrap it up, girls. That was a really great chat. I feel like I got a lot off my chest and a lot of people listening probably will find um, their own experience echoed in one of the three of us. And um, I think the best way to close is just how crazy that we all had sons within a couple of months of each other when oh, no, when we worked know. together two years ago. Who would have thought? I love it. Hey, buddy. Oh, oh I just want to squeeze <laughs> my Okay, I've got to go home to my son. Sorry, love, love you. you girls. Thank you. Bye. See Bye. Ya. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.